0: Welcome to Fear and Greed, the week ahead. I'm Sean Elmer. This morning, I am joined by Sherelle Murphy, Chief Economist at EY. She's filling in while Stephen Kukulis, our normal economist, is away. Though, Sherelle, you're almost a normal economist now. Is there such a thing as a normal economist? It's a better question.
1: <laughs> I look, I feel like I'm part of the furniture now.
0: You are, very much. Let's look at last week, a huge week, really. Two big ticket items, budget and inflation. What did you make of both?
1: Well, the budget was interesting in the sense that, of course, it showed some really good results on the underlying cash balance compared to what we saw last time back in only March when the last budget was released. So, huge improvements there in terms of not only the current year, which came in at $36.9 billion, but the forecast years. But the ongoing pressures on the budget certainly didn't go away and the treasurer was at great pains to again point that out to us with lots of spending pressure coming up so even although the numbers were better the tone was was more negative from him the the budget was very carefully curated to make sure that there wasn't any additional policy spend put into the economy, at least in net terms, in the current financial year. And that's of course because the government is really concerned about adding inflationary pressure into the economy at a time when the Reserve Bank is trying to take aggregate demand out of the economy and slow things down. Um, That's all great, but we argued that he probably could have gone a little bit further in the sense that he possibly could have actually put spending cuts in place or maybe even raised some revenue to actually make the cash balance better because policy was was tighter. And that would have not only helped them deal with some of those ongoing structural problems with the budget, but would have the added bonus of taking a bit of aggregate demand out of the economy now, which would actually help the Reserve Bank at the margin.
0: Okay. So you you're a harsh marker, Sherelle. I am. So I think what you've just said then it's kind of like a six or seven out of ten. Okay, could have done more.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and you're right, we are being harsh because I think you know, it would have been quite easy for the government to spend some of that extra revenue that it had, which allowed them to report those better than expected underlying cash numbers. But we are in a particularly unusual point in time here in the sense that we have inflation that we haven't had for many decades. And so the the environment's a little bit different. And speaking of inflation.
0: (laughs) Yes, nice segue quite a surprise really
1: it, it was it was quite strong yeah so the the headline inflation running at 7.3 percent in headline terms um, which was up from 6.1 percent in the June quarter it's now the highest rate of inflation since 1992 so it even overtook that that spike that we saw when the GST was introduced back in in 2000 what was Perhaps the most worrying part, though, was the underlying measures of inflation, so the trimmed mean in particular, which rose by 6.1%. and that was up from 49 so a big jump, and it's now above where the Reserve Bank thought it would be. So that, of course, is going to be ringing some alarm bells at the Reserve Bank because it means that those you know, that's real kind of core measures of inflation, the the underlying forces of price pressure are stronger than they had expected. So, that's really unwelcome.
0: And, and, and still rising. Like, it's not like they've peaked or they appear to be peaking. The last few quarters, they just keep getting stronger.
1: Yeah, that's right. And when you look into the December quarter, there's a number of factors that suggest that that might get worse again. So you think about the the impact of the floods, the fact that the Australian dollar is depreciating which makes imports more expensive, the fact that we still have a really tight labour market which at the margin may kind of put a little bit of pressure on wages and therefore services inflation, supply side constraints are still there, of course energy prices as we know and we've heard so much about during the week are likely to continue to rise.
0: Beautiful move on. I mean, your segues today are great. We have uh, gone from budget to inflation to what is the Reserve Bank going to do? We'll find out tomorrow afternoon, Sherelle.
1: We will. So the market is getting a little bit more excited about the, the possibility of a 50 basis point rate hike, whereas prior to the CPI data, they were pretty confident it was going to be just 25 basis points. Most of the economists in the market have maintained that 25 basis point expectation, but there's a couple that have actually moved as a result of the CPI data. So it's going to be a close call, I think, for them. Certainly, the price data was not, as I said, this, the Reserve Bank would have liked. And if that causes them any alarm, they're more likely to get back on that aggressive rate hiking path.
0: Okay, Phil Lowe's, the governor of the Reserve Bank, Phil Lowe's also talking this week, which I'm sure he'll be asked questions about exactly what you're talking about.
1: Indeed, yes. He's done in Hobart, um, presumably because the whole board is in Hobart on Tuesday for the meeting, and uh, he'll address a business audience, and I'm sure he's going to get lots of prickly questions. Just quickly,
0: I mean, we've got retail sales, we've got trade balance, building approvals. Any of those that are particularly interesting, do you think?
1: It's all interesting, Sean. What do you mean?
0: Oh, sorry. Of course. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs>
1: um, so, that yeah, the retail sales number, obviously, that will be of interest because we have seen The spending data hold up relatively well so far against all odds, I guess, with the Reserve Bank lifting rates, as we know, and the the challenges facing the household sector seeming to grow by the day. So any sort of sign of weakness there would would not necessarily be unexpected, but um, it would be, I guess, a bit of a turn from what we've seen recently. The market, however, is looking for a 0.6% increase for September, which is exactly the same as it was last time, but um, we'll see. We'll also get house price data for the month of October. The market overall through uh, Australia had fallen 1.4% in monthly terms the previous month. So, again, you'd expect to see a continuation of some of that negativity. So that will, again, sort of help shape thinking at the RBA about how rate hikes so far have impacted that market. Other bits of data which are also interesting in this context, building approvals and home loan data, again, they've shown some softening uh, in response to the rate hikes and they'll be watched very closely to see if if that gets any worse.
0: Cheryl what a great week to be an economist. Last week and this week, I reckon, with all this information coming out.
1: It's a great week but there hasn't been a lot of sleep so uh, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward That's to true. catching up. <laughs> right, have a great week, Cheryl. Thank
0: you. That was Sherelle Murphy, Chief Economist at EY. I'm Sean Aylmer, and this is Fear and Greed, the week ahead.